Welcome to the Interviews Podcast. Wait till Kanye hits us with a copyright infringement. Let's go! Welcome, Interisti, to episode 69 of the Interviews podcast. 69 episodes. It's a huge achievement. We have to do it big. <laughs> we have to do it big for this one and swing it a little bit. Uh, so we have a special guest. We'll, uh, we'll bring him in here in a second. Um, we are here for the post-match reaction of Inter Salernitana, which finishes 4-0 to the host at San Siro. Goals from, let me just pull up the minutes here, Marcus Turam in the 17th, his 10th of the season. Lautaro Martinez in the 19th, his 20th. Dumfries gets on the score sheet in his first action, or first like, start in a while in the 40th minute. And then Marco Arnatovic thanking the gods for this one in the 90th minute. Puts it away, finishes 4 nothing to us. As always, I'm one half of your co-hosting duo. Alessandro Rafa joined here by Johnny Paterno. Johnny, um, again, episode 69, we have to do it big. Why don't you go ahead and bring in our, uh, our special guest for today? Episode 69, but episode 96 for the guys who are givers <laughs> out there. Um, yeah, we were going to bring, you know, listen... I don't like to call him average Joe. I don't think he is average. I think this guy's a, a notch above, you know. I wouldn't even say more than a notch above, but we do have Joe from Brothers of the World Pod. Thank you for joining us, man. Hey, thanks, boys. Thanks for having me. All right. Um, so I was thinking about where to start with today. Um, I, you know, I think we can call it the obvious. We are now plus 10 over Juventus. Um, they have a game to play, of course, this weekend, but plus 10 over Juventus which was extremely important. You can tell how important it was for uh, the squad, given that despite a big Champions League match coming up midweek, we went with um, as strong an XI as, as we could see with, with a, little, a little hint of rotation in it. Um, but the plus 10 is super important. It feels good to be in this position, obviously. Um, but I also think it's important to ask this question to you guys. Do either of you think that Jamie Garrick Carragher or Gary Neville were able to catch the uh, the game today. I'm going to say neither of them wow. watched, and they're going to continue to say that we're not good enough to win the Champions League, which is I'm more than okay with at this point. Honestly, I, I think it's it's kind of ridiculous that we one that they even have a platform where we have to listen to this type of stupidness. You know, I, I don't. It, it, it's almost it's it's okay to say you don't know anything about Inter. It's okay to say, hey, you know what? I don't watch them, so I can't really say that they're contenders or not contenders. I'd be more okay with that than you basically saying the only competition in the Champions League is Arsenal for Man City, who might I might I add did not win a single game against Lens in the group stage, but now they're going to go ahead and they're going to beat Man City in the Champions League, and they're already basically saying that they're going to move on. In their first round tie against Porto, which is not is it's not an easy tie. Like we 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 almost it, listen. If it, had it not been for Onana making fantastic saves yeah. in that round, we might have been out in the round of sixteen. Yeah, 
Joe, how's the uh, the disrespect sitting with you? I've I've seen you, you know, engage a little bit on Twitter. How's how's this uh, conversation this week about you know now that the round of sixteen is is getting started here? It's been it's been started here. Um, the conversation around you know who who can challenge Man City. Let's put it this way, okay? Craig Burley on ESPN FC called Inter effectively the dark horse for the Champions League this season. If Craig Burley, the okay, I'm going to choose my words here very carefully, one of the biggest, most idiotic soccer pundits I've ever heard in my life, can admit that Inter are are in the conversation. How stupid and Gary, how stupid do Gary Neville and Jamie Carragher have to be? I mean, it's unbelievable at this point. Yeah, it's. I mean, my whole thing with this the, the conversation is like they obviously just don't watch like they just don't watch other teams they they watch arsenal take on luton town and fucking everton week in and week out and that's what they see that's what they think european football is and if they don't want to give us a single eyeball and give us any credit going into uh, this this next round. Obviously, we have to progress. We have a, a super super tough. Maybe this this is the game of the round of sixteen uh, for me. It's the matchup of the round of sixteen. Um, but if they don't, you know, want to give us any respect, that's totally fine. The fact of the matter is, we have the highest winning percentage in Europe. Um, our goal differential has to be up there with any you know European team um, in the top five leagues or you know or abroad and. If if they don't want to recognize it, then fine by me. Well, you know, we'll see you at some point, and um, you know, we can we can make our statement there. So, just wanted to kick off the pod with a little a little bit of trolling, a little bit of uh, letting them know that we hear it, we know what's going on, and um, we'll respond on the pitch. We'll respond in kind. Um, that's that's the hope at least. All right. So this game here, um, touching on it, and um, I, I think the most important thing to start with is obviously what I mentioned earlier, which is we decided to go into this game with essentially our starting rotation outside of of the wingbacks, right? Darmian and DiMarco get uh, a full rest, and it's Carlos Augusto and Dumfries um, you know, for the full 90 here. Tejan also made a debut. But outside of that, you know, we had Somer Pavard, Bastoni, Devray, obviously Acerbi's hurt, the the starting midfield and the starting forward. So I want to ask you guys, obviously it worked out, right? We took home the three points. Do you agree with how we approached this match, given that the second star is uh, is the ultimate objective? Johnny, I'll start with you. You know, in <clears throat> earlier, I thought that you know what we should have started probably some reserves there, um, had them be a, you know, have an opportunity to get some minutes under their legs, maybe allow some of our key players to rest. But knowing that it's the objective and the main goal really of this season, why wouldn't we go for it? You know, if you could put a ten point gap between yourselves and Juve. I mean, first of all, that's massive. And that means that maybe even later on, you can rest some key guys if we go further along in the Champions League um, and not have such an, a, a large emphasis on on the league itself if you just continue to increase this gap on them, which I think is is inevitably going to be the case. 
you know, I, I honestly think that Juve are maybe a little defeated mentally. I think even when, when you're a player in that locker room and it sounds like your coach doesn't even have faith, faith in you to have, you know, a potential of winning the league, I think it makes it a little harder to stay motivated and want to push forward. Now, I still think that they'll be competitive in the Coppa Italia because that's still a trophy worth winning. And when you look at who's left, they pretty much are the strongest team uh, remaining. But if you can, um, yeah, if you can just increase that gap, now you got 10 points, you know, you were able to pull those guys out relatively early to allow them to rest, you know, after just throttling them in the first half. I would have preferred personally to just... After you go up 3-0 at halftime, or by halftime, then you just pull those guys off immediately right after. Like, that to me would have been better. Because, like, what did the extra 10, 15 minutes do for them? You know, like, I, I just didn't see the point in them being out there. And, and um, yeah, that's uh, that's that's my feeling on it at this point. Um, I felt a little bit worried with that Maggiore stamp on Lautaro's uh, Achilles uh, early in the first half. Like, that was basically you know, all my fears in the, in the moment of, of taking this approach crept up and, you know, was this worth it when we're playing a team in last place that is just probably going to do shit like that? Um, was it really worth it? Even if we didn't get the full result here, like, you know, Inter's not still in, still in a very good position. It's not the, the, the end all be all, but, um, you know, for continuity's sake, it's good to see the, t- the team continuing to work and, and play together and play some some amazing football. Um, Joe, did you agree with, with Simone going with uh, a full-strength team today? I did. Um, for the reason that I kind of felt like, you know, yes, this is Slaritana, they're a terrible team. Um but he will be judged at the end of the season, Simone will, by that second star. And he can't take anything for granted. Um I I do have I do dream of a Champions League victory this season because I look at us compared to the rest of the field, as we discussed earlier, and I say, you know, I think we have a good shot. But you still gotta win that second star first and foremost. So that's just kind of how I looked at things. Yeah, and the subs eventually got made, right? It's not like anyone was was sent out there to uh, to run themselves into the ground. We did have some players get, you know, a full ninety. Um, Devrai got a full ninety. Pavard got a full ninety. Somer got a full ninety. Barella got a full ninety. Dumfries got a full ninety. So, you know, there are some players who who um, are getting a, a full ninety going into that game on Tuesday, but. Again, you have the whole weekend to recover. They do have some travel, so hopefully it doesn't. Oh, actually, no. They do they have travel? They don't. No, the, the first first leg, legs yeah, at home, right? So there's no travel that they have to do. So um, still plenty of time to rest, and um, you know, uh, hopefully, fingers crossed, nothing comes out after the game that we suffered any any injuries, but. You know, I asked going into this game that we get the three points and that we get a healthy team to uh, to Tuesday. So it looks like, um, you know, one half of that's been secured and, and hopefully, you know, barring any uh, crazy news, um, the second half of that should, should be confirmed shortly. Um, all right, let's get into this game. So three minutes, I mean, we were just on them from, from the get-go. Three minutes into the game, uh, Chalanoglu takes a corner, Bastoni gets in front of his man, flicks it on at the near post, Ochoa pushes it away, and uh, Duram hits the inside of the post before it, it gets back into Ochoa's gloves. 
Joe, I think you you were on Twitter saying these are the kind of chances that Duram needs to put away in order for us to you know elevate him into that level of striker that I think we all hope. Um, is this just a matter of like it's early in the game, you're getting your legs under you, and you know you're you're trying to get into the game, or is this emblematic of like this is kind of who, who Turam is? He'll put the ball in the net as as indicated or as as shown today, um, but it'll have these you know these moments of prolificacy in front of uh, net. You know, this is something that Turam kind of has been battling since Gladbach, um, especially in that last, especially last season his inconsistency in front of goal, um, where he'll do everything right except that last bit, right? And if he wants to become world-class, he has to take care of that. Like, there's no reason that shouldn't have been a Yikes. goal within three minutes. And I know that's being picky and maybe a bit greedy on, to, on the balance of today's performance because he did end up scoring a goal later on. But I think he can be even better than he is right now. In order to do that, he has to be more clinical in front of goal. And, yeah. You know, we always knew that that wasn't really, like, the biggest strength of his game anyway. You know, so, uh, like, I do see improvements based on, you know, certain things that we saw, at least for for those of us who watched the Bundesliga, Um I felt like he missed a lot more clear-cut chances with Mönchengladbach last season than he has this season. Uh, I think if he continues to to work on that that aspect of his game, I mean, the sky's the limit really for him. The only thing uh, is, you know, you can kind of get away with it in matches like this when you're playing Sarenitana that you kind of get a little bit more forgiveness. Um, it's when when you when it happens in, in key moments of a key game, which I still feel more secure with him. Being the second striker or the other, the guy playing alongside Lautaro, really, than than I did with Lukaku, in the sense that Lukaku never showed up for the big yeah. games. Marcus is always causing some kind of chaos, always getting in the box, always you know making defenders think, and you know it, it actually takes pressure off of Lautaro when you know if they know that they only have to worry about Lautaro, then they could just leave Marcus open. Well, they can't afford to do that really. So um, if he can actually continue to just work on his finishing, tweak a few things. Um, that'll just, I mean, it, it, we could have the most dangerous duo, not just in Serie A, but in all of Europe, um, if he continues to improve that. Yeah, and at least up until now, like we've seen these Turam, you know, misses, but they haven't really been defining his, his you know, individual games or even his season, right? It's like he finds a way to impact the game at some point. So you kind of just, Look at this and um, and just move on, right? He he did put the ball in the back of the net, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. Um, all right, the Bastoni over the top pass to an on rushing Barella streaking towards the box. How would you rank that as far as your favorite plays that you see from this Inter side? Because I absolutely love seeing that that link up it's been devastating on a number of occasions namely Juventus namely Benfica today almost got pulled off if not for an amazing Ochoa save and a little bit of Barella you know same thing against Juventus last week like real getting right there but not putting it away I mean yeah I love I love that pass it's it's almost becoming an annual tradition. Like it happens at least once a year. 
Uh, the sad part is I think we've only gotten one goal of it from it from the last like three, four seasons, really. Um, obviously, I mean, it was a big one against Juve, so I'll take it. One thing that I will criticize is Barella for instead, like there was no reason to go for power there. Absolutely no reason. You had the time. You could have placed it. I think if he picks a corner, now there's obviously there's an opportunity. Ochoa is a is a fantastic goalkeeper that he makes the save regardless of what corner he picks. But I think if he goes for placement instead of power, um, he has a much better opportunity. I, there's no need to just be like I'm gonna put everything behind this shot and hope he just goes in. That's that's kind of what it feels like sometimes. And is it? I mean, I don't know about how you feel, Joe, but I think like I I feel like he's most controlled when he's doing it off a volley than when he's actually coming, you know, running onto it and having time to think about it. I completely agree. Um, he needs, I think this has been a problem with Barella this season in general, his, his ability in front of goal. And sometimes he's just really fluffing these opportunities very badly. Um, I love Barella. Hope you extend, please extend Barella. Um, but it's like you got it. You, it's the final ball, the finish. This season, it hasn't been up to par. That doesn't mean other aspects of his game haven't been. So I'm not going to go too hard on him. Um, but it's something we got to start seeing from Barella, especially next season and moving forward here this season. Yeah. Um, all right, I'll toss this question your way. Two goals this season from Barella. Last year, nine goals. The year before that, four. The year before that, three. The year before that, four. Is he a goal-scoring midfielder? Like, can we put him into that category of goal-scoring midfielder? Or is it just not, like, it's, you know, that's not what you expect out of him is goals, goals, goals? It's tough to say because he goes through phases, and he goes through phases where you can think like, wow, this guy is an elite finisher. He's unbelievable. Then he kind of goes through phases where it's like, you're not really consistent. And I think as he matures now, because he just turned, believe it or not, he just turned 27 um, the other day. It's crazy. Um, I think that as as we head to these years now, he has to show himself to be a little more of a goal-scoring midfielder. I think he is. Because those numbers you just read, I don't think they're an aberration. So I'm very hopeful that he will turn, he will be more consistent in front of goal. But even if he isn't, even if that's not what he becomes, that's that's he's still world class. Because there's so much else that Barella does that is just outstanding. Yeah. Johnny, what about for you? Um, like when you think, when you classify Barella, when you think about what type of player he is, is goal scoring like what you would use to describe him? Or is it more of like an all-round type player? Yeah, I would say, I mean, for me personally, I think I see him more as a complete midfielder. Like he can chip in goals, um, but it's just everything that he brings to it. The the hardworking aspect where he is able to track back, you know, and, and work incredibly hard there. He's always willing to push forward. He's looking to make the play. Sometimes he, you know, he, he gets a little careless with his passing because he, he is trying so hard to want to make a big play or, or have something that leads to a goal, <clears throat> which I think is something that, you know, we've seen, I, I mean, I think over the past few years, really a maturing in that, 
Now there is still obviously games where he loses his head mentally and he loses maybe a little bit of focus, but he brings everything. He can provide assists. He can score goals. Yes, he's having a down year compared to what we've seen, especially last season in terms of goal scoring. But I think that it's not so, like it's not the first thing I think of when I think of Nicolo Barella. It's not like, oh my gosh, yeah, he's a goal scorer. Like you could say that for Jude Bellingham. I don't think anybody would ever really predict that or or I'm sorry, say that for for Barella. Um no, that doesn't mean that it's not possible that he can't add that to his game. Um, but I don't think that's like his main focus. Uh, yeah, there's just just something about him that I, I think he, you know, he, he he's more concerned with being a not I shouldn't say concerned, more focused on being a complete player than just you know ironing out or, or ironing out one aspect. Of yeah, it feels like he obviously is capable of putting away these chances that he gets, but it also feels like he gets a little excited. <laughs> like he gets a little bit too amped up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, like he sees the goal and he's just like, rip it instead of, uh, you know, maybe putting a little, I forget what the buttons were in FIFA, like a little L2 finesse, whatever it might've been. Are it, well, depending on what, what do you have? But if you're playing on an Xbox, it's RB. Yeah. The art, the yeah, finesse. just to put a little bit of touch on it instead of just trying to rifle it into the back of the net, which it seems to be seems to be top of mind for him whenever he's bearing down on goal. Um, but eventually, it, you know, it, it takes a whopping 17 minutes for Inter to finally break down the door. Uh, Carlos with a, a nice run down the left. I think we've been there was initial excitement about Carlos and then some of the performances like the the end products has just been not great but it was really good to see him like muscle off his defender and play a really nice ball across Turam like to actually pick his head up and instead of trying to just drill it across the box or anything like that just play it perfectly into Turam's path um, who also had a nice finish so it was really good to see that Johnny for you like this might have been one of the best games in uh, in Inter shirt for Carlos. How did you think the Brazilian did today in in a full ninety minute cameo that also a full ninety minute appearance that also saw him play uh, left center back for a little bit? Yeah, I would agree with you one hundred percent that this was his his best performance. Um, I think one thing that I've always been critical of him so far this season was his crossing ability and his passing. I think that's just always been a weakness of his. We've always seen the hard work the defensive attributes of his that have really excelled, especially, I mean, it's, it's exceeded my expectations. I knew he had that. I just, I think because I, uh, you know, I saw him at Monza, I didn't really think it would be like this. So to see him play like this issue, like have that perfect cross to, um, to Turam there to, to set up the goal. And I felt like he had chances, you know, going forward, the, even later on in the half that were really nice. He had some good runs, um, it felt like he had a little bit more pace to him this game. I don't know if anyone else thought that. I mean, not that I've th- ever thought yeah. he was slow, but it felt like he just hit an, an extra gear this game, which was really nice to see. And and to know that he has that in his uh, his repertoire is 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 awesome. So yeah, very happy for him. Happy for the growth. You know, I hope he continues to do this. This is kind of what I had hoped we would have seen with Gozins. Um, you know, I think injuries played a factor in that. And I think when you're kind of defeat, I mean, we saw like in some of the posts he had just mentally, that it just felt like it was wearing on him and he wanted to repay the fans um, for the support, which I think is something you, I, I do love about Interisti. Yes, we can be a little critical and we can be hard on our players. I mean, I, I'm not going to, I am not <laughs> absolved of that either. Um, but I do think that, you know, 
even if we are hard, we are, we are still always rooting for those players to be successful. It's not that we want to see them fail. I just think we we have such standards, or we've had standards at this club that we we have higher expectations, and maybe that's a little unfair. But they still were supportive of of Gozins, even though he didn't live up to those expectations. And now, when I what I thought was like a downgrade, honestly, going from Gozins to Carlos Augusto, we're we're seeing that he he has the the capability to be a big key contributor to this team, and 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 he's showing it week in and week out, really. Yeah, he's um. You know, when you have a player like DiMarco who just doesn't have the stamina to go week in and week out, like it's really important that Carlos is a is a contributor to this team and that the level of play doesn't drop on that left hand side of the pitch. Um, yeah, and like we said, it, this might have been his best game underneath the shirt. That was his first of two assists. But before we get to the second one, uh, Joe, I want to ask you: This was Turam's tenth goal of the season coming into this coming into the season. Did you see him as a double-digit goal scorer? And part B, ultimately, where do you think uh, that tally ends up this year? I think I predicted before the season 15. Um, So I did see him as a double-digit goal scorer. Um, I think he could exceed that. Um, If not hit it right on the point where I kind of thought he was going to be 15-16. Yeah. hmm. I mean, I'm, I think in all competitions he'll be above twenty, uh, which is a very impressive wow. first season with Inter. Plus all the assists, it's that really good. Um, yeah. So yeah, I I'm very I'm very more than happy, and, and I, I I'm at times blown away with what I see from Marcus Turam this season. Yeah, and of course, playing alongside the man who gets it done just two minutes later, Lautaro Martinez gets a ball on the edge of the box, and um, a goal that we've seen him score a number of times uh, just curls it right right out of Ochoa's reach. Johnny, why do defenders keep laying off of Lautaro when they're outside the box like that? He's He's shown that he has the long shot in his locker and that he can, you know, curl one past the keeper. Like, what... What is going on with these guys that are making the mistake giving Lauti that kind of space? Don't know. Don't care. Keep doing it. Um, <laughs> no, I think I think they do give him that much space because they know that if they maybe get too close, that one, he can get around them, maybe look for the foul. Not look for the foul, but like commit a foul in that situation um, and then put them in a vulnerable state. Or also he has it in a, his ability to be able to cut back and get around them as well um so i think they'd rather them they'd rather him take a long shot than be able to get past them and be clean on goal that's the only way i can really look at it i mean it could just be poor defending i mean saranitana is an awful team and even though it is other center backs who are doing the same things and giving him that much space i mean that's not the jerome boateng we know from 10 years ago you know, where I think he does go aggressively in there to make a challenge and and whether he commits a foul or not, that that's neither here nor there. But I, I just think that he's just past his prime and past his best and, and he just gave him the space. Yeah, so really. for you it's not a matter of like not respecting Lautaro. It's more so it's a pick it's no, a pick your yeah. poison. I, I think more it's it's more so over respecting him. Or not over you know what I mean, just giving them the respect he deserves. You know, it, it, you have you Either way, you're you, they're potentially yeah. going to get beat. 
you know, so it's like, yeah. So he scores um, an amazing goal. That is, I believe it's his 20th of the season. It's also his 99th goal for uh, Inter in Serie A. So one away from breaking that 100 mark. Um, so that's going to be. I wanted him to get that today. Yeah, so bad and you too. you feel like Salernitana is a, a you know a team that he enjoys scoring against. That's his fifth goal against Salernitana this year, um, which that sucks for them to have a player completely dominate them <laughs> over two legs like that. Um, Inter gets back on the score sheet though five minutes before halftime. Don't freeze. Uh, a moment to forget for for Ochoa. Um, who was it that? It was uh, a little one-two, I believe. Lautaro released Barella. Um, Barella, yeah, yeah. end up getting his his, uh, his cross deflected. It comes into the path of Ochoa. Ochoa spills it. And Dumfries puts it in the back of the net. It it's, highlights a little bit of a difference in the game between Dumfries and Darmian that, you know, Dumfries is even puts himself in a position to be in the box to even get to a rebound like that. So you do see definitely, you know, just the the threat from Inter's right flank, flank changes when it's Denzel over uh, over Darmian. But Joe, how good was it to see Denzel back on the score sheet, back involved with his teammates, and, and back having a pretty good game? <laughs> I was just about to Be say, honest, why don't you ask Johnny that question? You guys actually can't. <laughs> You guys can't see that Puyan is standing off screen with a gun to Joe's head. <laughs> no, but look, he had, he had a decent game today. Uh, he got the assist on the last goal, I believe. And actually, no, he wouldn't have because it got deflected. So um, he got the goal. Um, and it was it was lucky. He still provided more of an attacking threat. We, we do... When Dumfries is there, despite his limitations, I think Inzaghi kind of thinks he can do more interesting things tactically up front. Um, that being said, Tuyan, don't kill me for this. And I know a lot of interests don't feel this way, but I still kind of prefer Darmian there for stability reasons against big teams. Um, I think he offers more structure, more tactical discipline. Um, so, yeah, that's just... That's kind of how I lean. I think Dumfries is good in these games, but against like uh, Atletico on Tuesday, eh, I don't, I'm not so sure. All right, so I'll toss that, Johnny. I'll toss that your way. How, who should be starting against Atletico, Dumfries or Damian? No, for me, I, I mean, I, I do agree with Joe. And, and listen, I, I know people are going to think that it's because I don't like Dumfries, but I, I just, I like defensive stability. When you have a team with the capabilities of Atletico, you want to be able to have your best defenders on the pitch to be able to counter that. You have the Marco on the left to be able to push forward. This kind of allows you to, you know, kind of like the way the national team played in the Euros, where Spinazzola had freedom to go forward, and then right back was able to sit back a little bit and kind of just play more defensive side of things. That's kind of, I think, the same way that Inzaghi looks at it as well. You know, so DiMarco has the freedom to do what he wants. He can interchange with Bastoni. They can overlap one another. He allows Pavard, really, to have the offensive driving force on the right side. And then Darmian can play back as well. You know, you have weapons there, too. So it's it's not anything personal with Dumfries. It's not anything where I just don't want him on the pitch. It's, it's really just more so that, you know, going forward. Like, I mean, I'm sorry. Playing defensively, I would prefer to have Darmian there. I feel more secure with him. 
Um, he, he is better at challenging. And even though he's getting older and he's not the, even the player that he was last season, he's still smart with the way he cuts down people, you know, narrows angles down, doesn't give them an opportunity to cut inward and stuff. And yes, sometimes he'll make a, a silly foul or get away with one every now and then where he kind of comes in a little late um, and doesn't get carded. But I, I still I feel confident, confident and comfortable really with him back there because he's just like I've said all season, even throughout his tenure, he's like a Swiss army knife. He can do so many things for you and, and be in so many different be used in so many different ways. Can I just add to that really Why quickly? Why would you not stick um, with what's been working? Is, you know? And this is yeah. going to be me heaping praise on Matteo Darmian. But he's just, and I realize maybe there's been a bit of decline this season, but his positioning, his tactical discipline, his defensive knot is so good. <laughs> like, we are incredibly blessed to have Matteo Darmian in this team and what he's become. Um so, no, this is not Dumfries' hate, like Johnny said. This is just – he's an amazing player. So, I've started the, you know, pregame Atletico sort of deep diving into what they do, and I don't think many Inter fans realize how much that left flank means for Atletico, whether it's Rodrigo Riquelme, whether it's Samuel Lino. They – have some burners down that left-hand side that are very technical, very composed on the ball, and they play a lot through their left-hand side. Like a lot a lot of their play, that's going to be a focal point on Tuesday. So I'm, I'm agreeing with you, and I think Inzaghi agrees with you, given that he gave Darmian the full 90 rest, knowing that he's going to have to go up against some of these really, really good Atletico players, um, that that's exactly what he's thinking as well, because that... That left flank, we're going to need to shut that down. And Damian and Pavard, it feels like, are our best chance to neutralize the threat that Atletico brings from, from the left flank because um, they have some guys that can do some some real damage. And the last thing you want is like a boneheaded, don't freeze mistake in a big moment against guys that can that can punish us, right? So, <clears throat> yeah, I think you guys are, are reading into, you know, what Simona is also going to be doing on on uh, Tuesday. Let's go through the second half real quick. It was a litany of continued opportunities. Chalanoglu had a freaking amazing volley. Like just the way that he caught it was perfect. Um, Devray forced Ochoa into a great save. Uh, Sanchez um, had a, had a, a ball. I think it was it was deflected off of Pellegrino that went over the crossbar. Um, Arnatovic with an offside goal. He was like a full shoulder offside. There was no no controversy there. Um, Pavard with a, an overhead kick, um, and then finally, yeah, which was again, he's shows his technique week in and week out. It's it's absolutely immense. Um, and then Arnatovic gets the goal in the 90th minute. Don't freeze. Uh, does it does take a deflection? I do still think he's probably going to get the assist. I'm looking at. Fought mob right now and oh actually it's not coming up as an assist yeah so the deflection um deflection matters there it's a big enough of a deflection so Anatovich just gets a toe poke of course after everything he does on the pitch he looks up at the heaven to just you know oh it's been so long it's been a long time coming just being foolish which uh has been one of the highlights of the season is is marco's foolishness uh and the game ends there 
Uh, a great performance for Minter. Like we said, we are 10 points clear. What is exactly the point total? 63, which is, uh, you know, Napoli's 90 from last year is well within reach here. Um, all right, let's get into this lineup and these players. How did Somer do today for you guys? <laughs> do you think he purchased a ticket? I mean, listen, the saves he had to make, massive, right? Just zero saves so um i mean my goodness i <clears throat> would it have been inappropriate Absolutely for him to bring out a lawn chair i mean it was it was like amazing for a little bit did he it, I, got, I don't like the i think he had one maybe two touches of the ball really where he just was used as like a back pass and able to kind of restart the attack that was really all he had to do my gosh i i wish it was that easy for him every week Third, so which I can't, I, I mean, there's not much to say. The, the first half, he had 13 touches. That's all I have to say. He had 13. So yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So yeah, that's all. That's so that's 11 more than I even thought he had. Yeah, uh, I believe his 20th clean sheet in all comps, which is um, just truly remarkable. 20th it's it's. Yeah. Oh man, that's. I kind of I might have to look up what Julio Cesar did in the treble season. This has to had. be one of the best first seasons at Inter of all time, and it's crazy because we saw a pretty epic one last year and just back to back. You know, I think we've had this conversation about him being signing. A, we're talking about this. Meanwhile, he didn't do shit today. But any anyway, um, we're, he's. We've been talking about him being a signing of the season for Inter, potentially one of the signings of the season for all of Europe. Um, you know, when you consider what was paid to the value that we're getting from this guy. Um, again, he didn't do shit. That's probably what Huyan's going to say when he's listening. When he's listening to this episode, he didn't do anything against Saladana, which is uh, what he thinks Saladana is called. Um, but anyway. You know, another clean sheet for the team. Hey, you're you're carrying the show. Yes, so yes, exactly. So I have to make sure I'm I'm keeping up with all the fans. Um <laughs> all right, let's get into this defense. Joe, Terrific. how'd Benji do for you? Um he made some recoveries when needed. Um I didn't really do much defensively because he didn't need to. Um but he progressed forward, he helped us gain numerical advantages on the right side pretty often. Um overlapped well. What more can you ask? Yeah, he wasn't attempting too much offensively, but he did have this one, like, you know, dribble the ball towards, um, you know, towards the goal line in the uh, in the first half and then got into a little trouble and had a nice, sexy little back heel to, uh, to Barella to get out of it. So, again, just showing his class week in and week out, that overhead kick that could have been his – second banger in a row if he had scored against roma on that volley and then the bike today i mean <laughs> it's it's pretty pretty incredible another candidate for signing of the season um johnny your boy stefan steps in for acerbi what did you make of of his performance today you know didn't have a ton to do but he is going to be in there against Atletico. So how did he look for you today coming into uh, that match on Tuesday? Yeah, I don't want to get too carried away just because of the level of competition that we went up against. Um, 
yeah, I thought he did what was expected of him, really. Very comfortable at the back, didn't make any mistakes, um, had a few good possessions where, <clears throat> excuse me, there was one scene or one t- one instance really in the second half where a ball was played over the top and he was able to actually able to trap it, ball coming over his head and bring it in very cleanly, which I thought was just his touch was phenomenal there. Um, yeah, I mean, this is kind of what I expect, especially going up against this level of competition from him. He is one of the the I guess elder statesman you could say really in this in this team I mean I think he's the one him Bastoni Barella and Lautaro are the only guys left from even Conte. like when uh yep. Conte was here so it's um well you can include Sensi too but anyway yeah it's just to see him do this <clears throat> I think that actually allows him to build up confidence which I I was kind of hoping he would get the start and not, you know, have maybe BSEC play in the middle or someone else maybe thrown in there um, to kind of like rest him or something for this game. I think you want him to have his confidence built back up a little bit. Not that he's had any poor performances, but going into a matchup against, you know, a team like Atleti, you want him to to be clicking on all cylinders and, and we kind of see that so far. So, Yeah, and he always has that like ball carrying in his locker as well, right? He's not the most expansive passer, but if there is open space in front of him, like he doesn't have any qualms about taking the space and driving with the ball, you know, 15, 20 yards forward, which he's good at it. Like he's he's been notoriously, sorry, tough to uh, dispossess and um, he's strong with the ball at his feet. So it's good to see him, you know, step into space like that. I'll handle Bastoni. He was in a mood today, an absolute mood. He was picking people out in that first half, especially. He was picking picking out the runs, um, getting forward, being aggressive in the second half, like a continued um, progress progressive runs down the pitch, which he's such a weapon, and you rarely see center backs being able to to do that. I think the moment that I was like I popped was when he was possessing the ball. Um, on the left-hand side of the pitch, and he just like he was holding off a challenge, spun his way out the back door. Eventually, got fouled, but basically just tiptoed his way out of pressure. Um, the first thing that came to mind was like, I don't know many center backs that even in that moment would attempt to get out to get out of pressure by dragging back and spinning out like that. Um, so he was in a mood. He's got to be on his best form in order for us to do good stuff this season. And it sounds like he's really uh, getting back into it. Um, the wingbacks today, we've touched on both, you know, Dumfries, decent game. Um, Carlos, you know, good game, two assists and, uh, you know, played left center back because another wingback made his debut today. And I want to make sure that we cover this. Dejan Buchanan gets himself 15 minutes um, before I pass this over to you guys to review what you saw from him, I just want to give a quote from Inzaghi in the post game. Buchanan works very well. He has fitted in in the best way. He can play on the right, on the left without any problems. We've also tried to play him on the left and he fits in really well. He must understand the principles of the, of the game, but he learns a lot and he needs to improve with his Italian, but we're very happy with him. All right, Johnny. The maple syrup has made its debut at Inter. What did you think of what you saw from the young Canadian? I'm excited. I really am. Um, the dribbling, the want to really press the ball forward, <clears throat> push the play. 
he doesn't seem fearless. He doesn't seem uncomfortable. I mean, sorry, he seems fearless. He doesn't seem uncomfortable. Um, I thought, you know, you could have made a case maybe for a penalty there. I could see why it wasn't called, but like, I do like that he did push it and, and, and he, he got someone to kind of commit a foul. Um, and the thing that I like too is he's a right wing back or really a right sided player and he looked just as comfortably on the left. We couldn't get that from Dumfries really. Like, whenever he comes on, whether it's off the bench or starting, he has to be on the right side. He doesn't feel comfortable on the left. He, he, and that's fine. You know, I mean, listen, I, I when I played, I only was on the right side if I knew I was going to be crossing most of the game and I'd be put on the left side if I was going to be allowed to cut in and just shoot. Um, I didn't feel comfortable using my left foot for crosses and stuff, so I get it. I mean, and I'm nowhere near the level of, of them, so. Um, it, but to see that he was comfortable doing that and being able to to play there, the pace, man, it's going to be fun. It really is. Obviously, like Inzaghi said, he's going to have a lot to learn. Um, I'm glad he got some minutes in him. I do love that he wears number 17 because that was my number. So maybe I have to get his kit. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, there's a lot of excitement around him. And, and, and finally, we were able to see something. And, and my goodness, I was there was actually that instant where he was running into the box and Dumfries gave actually a really good come that I kind of wish it would have made it to him so that he could have uh, at least had an attempt on goal. Yeah, Joe, um, given what you saw from Tejan today, do you feel like he's ready to fit into that Cuadrado role where it's like you can put him on for the last 15 minutes against tired legs? I'm kind of wondering if he is. Because what we saw today was, was a guy who looked very ready, um, which is not something I think... I, after the stepovers, you know, I was mesmerized, but um, I wasn't 100% sure we would see. We, I, I was I was sure we'd see some moments of rawness still um, when he came on, but we didn't see that. Um, I think he could be a weapon against tired legs, and I would I would give him a shot. I'd give him more of a shot. I'm not sure he will. I'm not sure Nzagi will because Nzagi's very cautious, but I'd give him more of a shot. Yeah, I agree. Um, there's nothing about what I saw today that doesn't make me want to not see more. Like, I I don't know if that even made sense. But I basically, what I'm trying to say, guys, after a long fucking work day, watching this team, recording this podcast, what I'm trying to say is I want to see more. Very, very intrigued. And who knows? You know, maybe we give Dumfries the Zielinski treatment, send him up to the bleachers. We know we're selling him in the summer. Leiteja. Oh, sorry. I don't want to. Sorry, oh, oh. Huyan. Sorry. Sorry. Oh, my God. Episode 69, John. He's getting crazy over here. <laughs> Listen, when 69 is flowing, I don't know what the phrase would be, but anyway. All right. Back to the football. Um, so, yeah, I think also, you know, Listen, he's an English-speaking Inter player. Like, maybe we can get him on the pod. You know? Recurring guest? What do you think? Man, A weekly spot on Wednesday? Who knows? Would love to pull that. Who knows? Who knows? Um, all right. Joe, Hakan with 66 minutes today. I almost wanted him. Like, if he was going to have to play, just give him only 45. But 66 minutes Ooh. in his legs. Um, looks like he'll be ready for Atletico. How did you think? Uh, really good. He went about really his, good. Uh, really, really his appearance really today. Good. I mean, he's he's entering the best form of his career right now. Um, I 
between that pass since that pass against Juventus, that should have had a goal attached to it. Oh, I mean, it's it, it's a joy to watch him play. I mean, he's hitting levels none of us thought he could hit when he assigned for Inter. Um, it's just it's wow. Yeah, you know, I'm, I, 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 yeah, I'm, 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 sh- I'm stuck. Yeah. Running out of words. Yeah, he's, um, I think, you know, one of the, <clears throat> one of my main takeaways, at least after, you know, being able to watch, um, the first half of the game was that it seemed like we were very up-tempo today and Chala was a big part of that. Like I, he didn't, he didn't hang on to the ball for too long at all. Like he just wanted to keep recycling it and keep it moving. And that's of course, when we're at our most dangerous, the whole team was like that, especially in the first half, like they just wanted to play and just keep the ball moving. And Saladinitana just had no, had no shot. Um, I'll do the review for Mickey. It's shocking that he only has two goals in the league this year. And they were both against Milan because he's been, you know, such a consistent performer. I think, like early in the season, you know, we were harping on it a little bit that because we knew Fratesi was waiting in the wings that we wanted a little more from Mickey. But I think now we, you know, we've really settled into appreciating what he gives us um, week in and week out. For a player of his caliber, you do, you are kind of hoping that the goals start to present themselves a little bit more. It's not like he's missing anything. Um, he's just not really been getting into opportunities, and you know, it seems like he's being asked to progress the ball and to provide steel in the midfield, which is, you know, is fine. Um, it's not like we've been hurting for goals. So another solid performance for Mickey. Um, Johnny, why don't you uh, give us Barella, number 23, birthday boy. Yeah, I thought it was another solid performance from him as well. Um, my only, um, I guess gripe with him would be that you know like we said like we talked about earlier the shot that he took where i think if he would have been a little more relaxed taking a little more time with it he probably probably would have slot that slotted that away so yeah it's um <clears throat> i thought the passing was good i thought that he was really quicker to re- react to there was times where he would get pressured even in previous games where you would see him take a little too long to make a decision um, whereas this game, it felt like he was just quick to move. It wanted to constantly keep pushing the tempo, pushing the pace against them. And, and I think I know you know when you're going up against a team with inferior talent that you really want to just keep the foot on the gas and not slow down. So maybe that was something that he <clears throat> focused on and was maybe even like told to to keep the the, the pace going forward. But um, yeah, I loved it. Always wanting to just just keep pressing forward with it. And man, he is um. He's just something special. He really is. Like when people make get upset with Barella, I, I don't understand it. Yes, there's things to be, you know, to that that are a little frustrating at times for sure. Um, but when they're some people talk about selling him and you know the Fratesi will take over, it's still two completely different styles of play, two completely different midfielders. You know, Fratesi, I see more similar similarly. Sorry, my goodness. It's almost like I don't even know what the English language is. Oh, it's tough. But um when he it's just he plays more similarly to to Bellingham in my opinion. He is great in the box. He's great going forward. I just and he he does have legs for days. He can run all day. He he is willing to track back, but I I don't see much else. Like I don't feel confident when he's passing. I don't feel confident in his crossing. 
if, if, if he, that's stuff that he can work on and improve on, my goodness, then yeah, maybe you can have a conversation somewhere down the line. But we see the news now where it looks like Barella is extending to 2029 potentially, which, my goodness, that would be... I mean, if you get that done, and let's say you still want to sell him, what they, what teams would have to pay to get him would be probably insane levels because of the amount of term that would be left on that. So hopefully he could be a guy who can have the type of career at Inter that Cambiaso had in terms of longevity. Um, and who knows, maybe even trophies as well. But uh, but yeah, he's just someone that... Uh, listen, I love... Anyone who knows me knows I, he's my favorite player on the team. Um, maybe not this season because I, I am pretty obsessed with with Sommer and and, and Taram and Pavard and my goodness, but um, yeah. But he to me he's just so valuable to this team, and um, I hope he continues to to build on this. He is. I didn't see his renewal getting done before Lauti's, but it looks like that's how that's going to roll, and I certainly am not going to complain about it. Um, Joe, I guess I'll ask you on the Barella front. Um, he got 90 minutes today. Does that sit well with you? It's okay. Um, not ideal, but it's fine. Um, I guess if you would have asked me who you would you have taken off, Barella or Bastoni, I probably would have said Barella, but... It is. It's how it goes. I think he'll be okay. Yeah, he's not necessarily one where you look at his motor and you say, "Oh, he needs to be protected." But at the same time, when you look at as as Johnny very eloquently put it, when you look at his importance to the team, you know, you kind of just just for like injury risk, right? Just like sit him down. The guy's played so much in the last year. Um, I was hoping that he would have gotten yanked out of there, but he did not. Turam and Lautaro, we spoke about. You know, both of these players at length already, um, again, just solid performances. They both get on the score sheet. We're hoping that's something that we see a lot more this year. Um, you know, what more can we say? Lautaro has been the perfect captain and Duram has been the perfect strike partner. So that only continues today. Um and let's finish out these player ratings with the subs. We already talked about Tejan. I'm going to start. I'm going to let Joe handle two. I'm going to let Johnny handle two. For the first two, Johnny, more exciting today, Arnautovic and Alexis or the Twitter beef between Art Morelli and Nima Tavali? Who was more exciting today? That's I. Yeah, it's got to be the Twitter beef. I, scr- it's be the I Twitter scrambled beef. you there. Not sure. Yeah, did not did not see that coming. I thought it was going to be strictly about the game, not a, not about uh, you know, uh, Arthur Morals from the Isle of Staten and Nima Tovali Rudsari. Um, but yeah, that that's probably more exciting, for sure. I mean, I, mostly because Alexis doesn't excite me at all. If anything, he makes me want to walk into traffic so yeah if you guys haven't seen uh art and nima arguing over which team would win this year's inter or last year's napoli it's highly entertaining i think they they hugged it out and hashed it out but it's highly entertaining for them to go at each other um once nima starts bringing out baldy that's when you know he's he's feeling it um so yeah (laughs) all that to say alexis and arnatovich were Pretty standard today. Didn't need didn't need much from them. Um, 
Joe, Klaassen and Aslani. Thoughts? Eh, um, Klaassen was fine. Oh, Joe's frozen. Um, um, all right, I'll give there? some thoughts here. Klaassen, like, I just don't see him. I don't, I don't remember him at all. Did he? What did he have? Did he have any touches? Don't know if he had any touches. Uh, yes, but Joe's back. Joe's back. All right, perfect. There we go. Okay, I'm sorry, my wife. All good. So we were just. Um, we were just saying, yes. uh, I didn't remember Klaassen at all. It turns out he did have 16 touches, but what did you think about the Dutchman? Yeah. Really? Oh. <laughs> um, he had one pass that I remember, and that was it. Um, so, yay, congratulations, Davey. He ran around the pitch, no one remembers. So, yeah, that's it. That's all I got to say on him. Aslani, Aslani had one Tejan, good pass to... Um, to Tayshon, I think that was the crest to Tayshon. Um, but other than that, not too much. Which is kind of, that's what you need from your subs is like, let's not get crazy here. Um, you don't need them to go for the 5-6-0. You just need them to see out the game, which is is what we saw. Um, so we are here at the end of our player ratings. Inter smashes Salernitana 4 nothing. I had some stuff that maybe I wanted to get into, uh, but maybe we save it for another pod um johnny bigger win the curva nord getting featured on kanye's new album or inter going plus 10 over juventus heading into the weekend listen as much as i love carnival and i think that uh i tweeted out that intermedia house have to use at least some part of it in the some kind of champions league uh build up video um it's got to be going 10 points clear of you it is so nice when you have that big of a lead on a arch rival, a club that I don't respect in any way, shape, or form, um, to continue to build on this, to get closer to that second star, to get Inzaghi his first Scudetto, which is long overdue if we if we're on we're being honest with ourselves. It's so huge, man, and I I, I can taste it. I can taste the victory, and I, I want it. I want it bad. So. Thanks, Kanye. Appreciate the shout, but it's the 10-point cushion. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Um, and before we close it out here, we'll, we'll uh, wrap it up with this last question. I just want to get your guys' honest expectations for Inter in Europe this season. We're heading into the round of 16 here. Um, that final stretch in the Champions League is, is, is beginning. And we've seen a team that is truly, like, truly, truly a force this whole year. Um, it's been amazing to watch. Like, I really have enjoyed this season. Obviously, I've had a lot to enjoy with this team, but I've enjoyed this season a lot. And um, I just want to understand how you guys are feeling heading into this tie with Atletico. Should we just keep the eye on the second star, or is it is it okay to dream in Europe too? Joe, we'll start with you. Anything in Europe for me is a bit of a bonus. Um, I have hopes for Europe because I don't think the competition's that great. But, you know, I would be lying if I didn't dream of avenging our loss in the final last season. Um, but I really want that second star more than anything. 
So I'd have to say, if they can make a quarterfinal this season, that's fine. That'd be a success. I won't be too unhappy with what happens next. But, man, I do want it. I do want it. I'm not going to lie. I do really want it. What do you think? Johnny, I'll kick it to you. Yeah, to me, it's it's really going to come down to this 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 round of sixteen tie, in my opinion. I think if we are able to advance from this, I, I will believe. I think that truthfully, this is aside from City, the one team I didn't really want to face in the round of sixteen. I think Cholo Simeone is a fantastic tactician. If anyone's going to have a game plan that might counter our strengths it's going to be him um which is why i wanted to avoid it, especially with the way griezmann and morata have been playing thank goodness not that i ever wish injury anyone but it looks like morata might miss the match uh, due to injury so and he'll be back for the second um, leg so it's not you know he would be back for the second yeah. leg yeah yeah but but like at least you get a little bit of a break is what i'm saying not because yeah like i said i'm not i don't i don't wish injury of course um but to have them missing one of their big guns, I think that actually gives us a slight advantage in the tie. Um, although we are missing a Cherby, but I guess it's perfect that they're both missing the same one together. You know, so what one guy who I thought would have been good going up against Morata in terms of his ability to outmuscle guys, he obviously doesn't have the pace to keep up with Morata, but um, we don't have to worry about that. So uh, I think it's going to be if we are able to get through this, I will truly believe that we can actually win the UCL again. You can call it arrogance. You can call it whatever you want. I think that we are playing the best football of any team in Europe. Yeah. And that's not, you know, favoritism. That's not uh, me being a homer. If you look at, I mean, it is beautiful. It is champagne football. It, it, I mean, you want this. This is what you dream of, you know, like we, we said it last episode when you, I'm not trying to compare it to the treble, but this is a lot more visually pleasing without watching that team without play question. like it's, it's without question that's not a crazy thing to say without question <laughs> it's it's it, and it's not me taking a shot at that team or Mourinho in any way shape or form it's that if i'm going to if i'm going to if you if i'm going to show somebody inter for the first time and try to make them a fan i'm going to show them this team before i show them the treble team the treble for nostalgia yeah sure we'll we'll we'll, we'll dive into that and i'll tell them all about my love for schneider and everything but if I want them to fall in love with with Inter, you're going to want to sit down and watch this team play right now. How I feel about European expectations, I really have to like just piggyback on what you're saying here, Johnny, because the way that I feel about this team and our ability to play, this is like our, our best shot. Like this team's like our best shot at winning this title again and getting number four. Like that's how good this team is for me and how I feel like we stack up in Europe against the rest of the teams. Like I want the second star 110%, 110%. But I also watch this squad and say, and see like how Man City has, has done this year. And I believe that we could win this tournament. And, you know, it's not like we're going to get to say that a lot in our lifetimes, given you know, the continued dominance of the Premier League. Who knows if we'll ever see the Super League? Like, who knows how long the Champions League is going to be around for, right? Like, I just feel like this team can do it and is probably our best shot at winning this championship in a long time. So, 
If we do get bounced from Europe, like again, I'll get over it because we've talked about this second star being the objectives for, for so long. But I also, I'll be a little bummed because I could see us, I could see us doing it. I could see us doing it. And with that said, let me ask you guys a question. Go for it. Before you go, before we leave, um, who do you feel most threatened by in Europe? Just out, out of everyone, who do you feel scared of the most? Most threatened by I. If I have to pick, I have to pick one. Yeah. Mm, yes, I'd say I'd say. I'd have to say Real Madrid. I was gonna. I, I was gonna say the same thing. I think it's because it's. I'm like right there with you guys. Yeah. I think it's partially because it's like in their DNA. Like this tournament is is kind of like theirs. You know, I and I think you have to respect them until you you know if, unless you unless you beat them. Um, Bellingham's been unreal. Yeah. Even though I don't really fear their strike force, I mean that really more so towards Jose Lu. Um, and not having Courtois, I think, is a, is kind of a, a weakness. But I do still think that Ancelotti is a fantastic manager. He he gets the best out of his teams, and he gets them really amped up for the. Nobody in that squad is like, oh, I'm tired of winning the Champions League. They they, they want to continue to win it over and over again. Um, and you know, Man City, I think, is taking a step back. They don't really scare me like they used to. Uh, Bayern, <laughs> we we can we can have a whole episode just making fun of Tuchel and. To the fans who wanted Tuchel to replace Inzaghi, not that I didn't say I, I was I was Zaghi out at one point last season. I'm not gonna. I know Joe, you and Nima were the were the only guys probably around that time who were still Inzaghi in. Um, I think you just I call was, it. I, was fully I think you just call it Inzaghi. I think that's it. Oh, I like that. There you too. go. Yeah, yeah. Inzaghi. Inzaghi. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, um, people who said Tuchel uh, to replace him, I mean. That, I don't think there would have been a worse hire. And to see what he's done to Bayern, how is it that you've turned Upamecano, not that I, I thought he was a great defender, he was a good defender with, with clumsiness and was into completely like just forget about the foul against Lazio. I just feel like he, he makes mistakes week in and week out with them. The Ligt has actually somehow gotten more boring and more average since he's gotten to Bayern, which I thought he would actually improve. Kim Min-Jae is still Kim Min-Jae. I mean, uh, that poor guy, I- I'm sure he regrets going to, to Bayern right now. Um, not that Napoli but um, is doing any better, but I think he would have wanted to go somewhere else where he could actually, you know, really plant himself um, on the main stage. Kimmich has looked worse. Kane, although Kane has been fantastic. And I feel bad for Harry Kane because he gets a bad rap. And they, everyone says like, oh, look at the curse from being from Sir. The guy's doing everything he can do. 28 goals in 28 games. I mean, what do you want more from, from your striker, really? Um, I think Thomas Tuchel really is a cancer. Everywhere he goes, the teams get worse, no matter who's there. He did it at Dortmund. He did it at PSG, Chelsea, and now Bayern. Uh, I, he's going to have to go to a mid-table team to reestablish himself if he wants to continue to be a, a big manager. So Bayern's doesn't scare me. I know that was a long win. Arsenal, I I could say so many things too about Arsenal because I feel like we would slap them like so hard. Like 
we would hit them so hard that they would go back in time to Highbury. They, they would think they're back there. That that's cold. that's really how I feel about it. That was cold. Whoa, <laughs> that was cold. Like I I yeah, um that's... I agree mm. with Johnny that it's Real Madrid and Joe. I guess I agree with you both. But the reason being is we saw what Inzaghi's game plan for Man City was last year, um, and I think that you know we can find a way to to shut that that offense down. I don't know if you guys have seen Vinny recently in the past few games, but he's like the best player in football in the past couple games. Like just absolutely lights out Rodrigo, him, Vinny and Bellingham, Bellingham popping up everywhere to score a goal. Rodrigo scores bangers, like constantly just scores bangers. He doesn't get all the fanfare, but he's a fucking incredible player. I, and again, like, to Johnny's point, Ancelotti's not like beholden to any tactic. You know, like the Pep is is tactically a, a manager that Inzaghi can watch and see what's going on. Ancelotti relies on his big game players and big game moments. And I'm I will not lie when I say Vinny scares me. That guy is a fucking dog. A fu- like, and I mean that in a, gr- a great way. Like he's he's amazing. But, yeah. but I do think um, Ancelotti has good in-game adjustments as well when things aren't working out the way he wants. I, I think he he knows what buttons to push, who to put in the right positions to to be able to unlock whatever it may be that that, that they're struggling with. So that's something that would I, that would worry me for sure. And the thing is, is you brought up Rodrigo, and they could sell him because they're going to Mbappe. So that's crazy. Yeah, come to Inter, bro. Come to Inter. All right. Yeah, back up, back up to Raman. Uh, <laughs> yes. be, be the third choice here instead of the fourth choice there. Yeah, just sit in uh, the box no, with I don't Pepe. Think, I don't, That's I don't think they would sell Rodrigo. I think they would just put Mbappe as the main striker and then have Vini and Rodrigo play on his wings. Yeah. Yeah, they could. That's what I would think. I mean, that's what I would do too, but... Alrighty, um, so we have recapped this amazing performance. Inter, top of the league, 63 points, 10 points ahead of Juventus. Sounds so good to say. Um, Juve playing this weekend, so they'll they'll close that gap. We'll see if they'll close that gap. Um, and then we head to the Champions League on Tuesday. So we will see you then. Thanks for uh, joining. Uh, Joe, do you want to plug your stuff here? Oh, sure. Well, we were recording a minute. But we will be back soon on Brothers of the World Pod. So please subscribe to Brothers of the World Pod on Twitter and wherever you get your podcasts from. Um, and then I'm on Twitter at Average Joe underscore 17. There we go. I remembered it. So, all right. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Thanks for, for jumping on, Joe. Really appreciate it. All right. In the words of the great Roberto Scarpini, Forza ragazzi, Forza ragazzi, Forza ragazzi. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah.